That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Common Sense with Dr. Ben Carson. I'm your host, Ben Carson. And you've probably heard about some of the revivals that are taking place in America. Recently, there was such a revival at Auburn University in Alabama. It was really an amazing story of how God showed up and really moved things on that college campus. And campuses across the country are being affected. Today, we're going to be joined by Tanya Pruitt, who was instrumental in that revival and helped the students organize a Unite Auburn event. Welcome, Tanya, and thank you so much for being with us, and thank you for being a patriot and a leader. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here, such an honor, and super excited to talk about what God's doing in Auburn, Alabama, and also really across the nation with our college students. Absolutely. Well, you know, maybe you could start by telling us a little bit about yourself and how you became connected with Auburn University. For sure. I, my husband and I moved to Auburn, I think, 17 years ago. He was a high school coach, and we both worked at the same school that our daughters went to here in Auburn. And he, 10 years ago, he got a job with Auburn University coaching uh, basketball. And so we've been there for about 10 years. Our girls are all graduated out of the home. And as he's working at Auburn, I've gotten really involved. I've led college girls, small groups and worked with many girls there and um, just gotten super connected. I think that as my girls left, I felt that deep, deep need to be a spiritual mom two girls that are the same age as my daughters, whose moms may not live in Auburn. and But my husband coaches basketball at Auburn University. I have three beautiful girls, Madison, Mallory, Mary, Michael, and they are just living for the Lord, doing amazing things. I'm super proud of what they're doing and what they're accomplishing. And they've actually teamed up with me, uh, my whole family, in this effort to see revival spread acro across college campuses. Wonderful. I had an opportunity to meet two of your wonderful daughters, yes. and obviously you've done a wonderful job in raising them. Thank you. That's a, I don't know that there's any more important thing that a person does than to raise your children the right way. I agree. It makes a big difference. But uh, what about your, your own faith journey? Uh, how did that start and, and develop? I grew up in a Christian home. My family was always in church. I was one of those 
children who was in church every Sunday, really on Monday nights for prayer meetings, Wednesday nights for prayer meetings. And every time the door was open, I was in church. And so I was raised um, actually in an Assembly of God church in a small town called Atmore, Alabama, and grew up there very involved. Chad and I got married at a young age of 18 and got heavily involved in church early. He was not living the Christian life when I met him that I sh- that he should have been, uh, but he, he came in really quick and full force on, in love with Jesus. And we started serving as youth mm-hmm. pastors. We started serving as deacons actually in the church and he did and just led a lot of marriage groups and young adult groups and God used us there. Then when we went to college, heavily involved in lots of different programs where we brought Jesus on campus through different groups like Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames and um, different Easter production dramas that we put on at different campuses. And so we've just kind of watched God move throughout our entire marriage. It's been beautiful to see God's work and favor over our lives. And then even after our children came, you know, just the things that we've been able to do through the schools that we've been involved in spiritually has been amazing. I think that when you spend a lot of time in prayer and when your faith is strong and you trust God to do big things, big things are going to happen. And we've just seen that everywhere we've been. Auburn has been a really special place. It's a university. That was this is the first. This last 10 years is the first we've experienced in a university. And to see God move in such a profound way has really been a blessing in our lives. And we've seen a lot. We've seen God do a lot. But I will say what we experienced on September 12th was probably one of the greatest things we've seen. Did you have a sort of an aha moment when you really realized what the power of prayer could do. Mm. You know, I remember in my life, it was after I almost stabbed someone. Wow. And uh, that was the day that I really adopted God, not only as my heavenly father, but as my earthly father too. Mm. For an aha moment, I would say, I don't know necessarily about me personally, more so about my husband was probably as far from God as you could be. And it's like when we met, I knew he was supposed to be my husband. And, you know, I prayed for God to do something special in his life and took him. He wouldn't, you know, wasn't one of those guys that would go to church, but he would go to a concert. And so I took him to a Christian concert and they sang a song and did a a response time following the song. It was a very powerful song. I don't know if you've ever heard it. It was called Noah and David and the Giants. And they sang a song Mm. called Noah. They did an altar call. He was the first one to the altar and it changed his life. And he went in full in with God. And I think in that moment, I thought, God, if you can take somebody like him, because I could tell you what all he was doing at the time prior to that, if you could take someone like him and change his life and use him for the ministry, you're a mighty big God. And that's what he did. And I think from then on, and even what's happened at, even what happened at Auburn is almost a correlation of what we saw with him in that you you can take somebody as far gone as him, but an event like that can sometimes be an encounter that changes someone's lives for eternity. Absolutely. Well, that's where I was going next is how 
did the Auburn revival get started? I mean, it just didn't happen, did it, spontaneously? It did not happen spontaneously. We actually, we've been at Auburn, like I said, for 10 years. And it's one of those, our girls were there for most of the time after they left. It kind of changed me as a mom. I became this person who, you know, what do I do with my time? And I just started walking campus every day and praying and leading college girls small groups. And through mentoring these young girls, I found out that they are experiencing tremendous pain, pain that we don't always see. And Mm. I heard one story after another of just unimaginable anxiety and depression and how the things that they were going through were so hard for them that they felt they couldn't cope. You know, we we had girls who were isolated in their closet and clawing themselves till they bleed and begging God not to let them wake up another day. And I think after hearing so many stories like this, there were about six that I heard one after another that were very similar to that. Suicidal thoughts, not feeling like they have purpose. Why are they here? And addictions that were so strong they couldn't break free from. And I think after number six, I got to a point where I said, no more. Like, I'm not going to sit around and watch these students suffer and not do something about it. And that's when I decided I'm going to start going on campus, praying over these students. I'm going to have other students come and gather with me to pray. And we did. In January, there were about five girls that met me in Auburn Stadium. We began praying for revival. And I think three weeks, we had over 200 students show up to join us to pray for revival on Auburn's campus. So from January to May, we prayed every Friday for the Spirit of the Lord to fall on our campus, to do something new and special in the lives of our students, and for us to see chains broken and lives freed. And in the middle of that prayer time, God gave me a vision. I saw thousands of students gathered on Auburn's campus in the arena, worshiping together. And on September 12th, that happened. We had around 5,000 students show up for that event. Wow. That's amazing. Obviously, there was a real need and a real hunger that was there. And as people heard about it, they began to flock to it. Yes. And doesn't that make you think that there may be similar needs on campuses across the nation? Absolutely. I will say this in regard to our night, you know, the vision that God gave me he withheld a part of it. And I saw the students gathered. I saw the worship, but I didn't see the baptisms that were coming. And it was really cool because God didn't show me the full vision. I could have messed that up and gotten in the way of it. And I thought it was so neat that he He said, you know, you, you saw this, but I'm going to go above and beyond that and do this. Because there's students that heard a message by Jonathan Pecluda that night on sexual sin that said, I want to be clean. I want to be free from addictions that went and got baptized, came out of the water and said, for 10 years, I've battled these addictions. And for the first time I feel free. And it was just very special. But yes, we have had, I would say eight other universities that have reached out to us since Unite, since our event on September the 12th. And I'm also very excited to say we are locked in with four universities ready to go. And in the spring, every month um, from February through May, we will have another Unite event on different university campuses. 
Well, you know, this all started with your small prayer group. Did you have any idea when you started a prayer group for these young women who were depressed and anxious that it would blossom into something like this? I knew it, I knew something special was coming. And, and I'll tell you a funny story. About a year ago, about a year before Unite took place, we were sitting in small group one night and I, I just stood up. And I looked at the girls and I said, something so big is coming a year from now and you're going to be part of it. And they just all looked at me like, what's coming? And my co-leader hit me and said, what's coming? And I said, I don't know. All I can tell you is something so big is coming. I feel it. And a year later, we were all standing in Auburn's arena, worshiping God with 5,000 other students and 200 students got baptized that night. And so it's like God gave me a, a, a vision ahead of time of what was to come. And I'll tell you this, I have a vision for what's coming even greater than what we witnessed on September 12th nationally, globally, mm. something so big that is coming. Wow. It's going to hit our college campuses. I'll be praying that that will come to fruition and be even greater than even anything we think about because you know, our nation is really heading in a very bad direction right now. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we're trying to remove our faith. And our faith is an essential part of who we are. Our founding document, the Declaration of Independence, tells us that our rights come from our Creator. Yes. I mean, there's no other nation that has that in their creed like that. And, you know, it was John Adams who said that our Constitution was designed for a moral and religious people and is wholly inadequate for the government of any other. I mean, it is baked into who we are. So when we begin to throw it away, it really shouldn't be too shocking, <laughs> the horrible things that we see happening. And I think that would be a great impetus for revival. And we've had four revivals in our country yeah. uh, historically, usually around the time of either pestilence or war. Mm -hmm. uh, we got both of those going on. So uh, this is really, I think, a fantastic time for revival to occur. Thank you for what you did. Now, with that small group that you started with, what did you observe in those girls that really encouraged you? You know, a couple of things. I've had many of them come to me and say, I brought a friend who walked in to that event that doesn't go to church. They didn't really know why she was going. She decided to go and found out later that she was contemplating suicide that, that day and walked out with more joy than she's ever experienced. Mm -hmm. And I've had several of the girls who have since then continued prayer on campus every Tuesday night since the event, rallying students together to pray and creating other types of events where girls come in and speak to sororities and encourage them. And it's just been really special because they've kind of taken this and ran with it and made it their own, which was our heart. We, one, one of the things that I think was so special about our event was we didn't want you to come in and encounter God for a night. We wanted you to come in and encounter God and then let that propel you into something stronger and more lifelong. So we had every campus ministry, every local church represented at our event. 
when it ended, students could go to the back into the concourse and get plugged in to a church or campus ministry so they didn't experience God and then just not know what to do with it. It wasn't something that happened and then it didn't continue. So that's kind of our heart is we want to get you locked in. And our girls helped with that and our girls have seen that take place. And it's such a blessing to see the girls in our small group just continue to walk this out in their own faith. We're going to have to take a quick break. We'll be back in just one minute with Tanya Pruitt. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And welcome back. We're here with Tanya Pruitt discussing the revival that occurred at Auburn University. Can you describe for the audience the Unite Auburn event? Take us there. What was it actually like? Sure. You know, it's one of those things. We didn't sell tickets. And it was a free event for students. We had no idea how many would show up. We promoted it. We prayed every day. Um, we had people all over the city praying. And so you get there and you don't know what to expect. You have this band coming, you have these speakers coming, but you have no idea how many students will actually show up. And so we get there and we walk in. And I remember we had Passion Band. We had um, Jonathan Pacluda from Harris Creek out in Waco, Texas. We had Jenny Allen from Dallas. And I remember Jenny Allen getting into the arena and turning around and walking over to me and saying, what in the world? <laughs> when she saw the number of students in the arena and she, her mind was blown because we, we had no idea what to expect. And so we were just all standing there in awe of God, like only God could and only the spirit of God could draw all of these students into this arena, not knowing what to expect. And we started off the night with Passion Band, which was, man, they can usher in the presence of God. They're just incredible. And you just could feel the spirit of the Lord. And then Pastor Jonathan Pacluda got up. Well, we had a student testimony by video, which was very powerful. And then Pastor Jonathan Pacluda got up and spoke. He gave a message on sexual sin. It was powerful. And there was not a sound in that entire arena from the time he started speaking until he finished. It hit with so many people, and I will say not just males, but females who battle that very strongly. Sexual sin and pornography, that was the topic. 
And then we had another student video mm-hmm. by testimony, uh, student testimony by video. And then Jenny Allen got up and spoke. And then she just kind of brought it home. She tied in what Jonathan Pecluda had spoken on and then did an illustration with some of our basketball players, which was really fun. And at the end of it, we thought Passion Band would close close the night, but God had other intentions. And Jenny had given a, um, a response time for students to come up and be prayed for. And I remember walking back over to Jenny and I said, Jenny, you have to get back on stage. Like God's not finished. And she walks back up on stage. Someone had come to her and said, we have a student that wants to get baptized tonight. So she walks back up. She asks, is there anybody else that would like to get baptized? We want to take, you know, we want to do this. Hands went up all over. And then she invited everybody to go to a local lake and we were going to have a time of baptism. And of those 5,000 students, I would say probably between 2,500 and 3,000 took off running and ran a mile to this nearby lake. And we had about 200 students get baptized. We were there till about midnight. Well, you know, it's, it's very interesting that you say that uh, the topic was sexual sins because uh, in... January the 10th, 1963, read into the congressional record by Congressman Herlong of Florida were the 45 goals of communists in America. And uh, if you look at goal, let's see, number 24, eliminate all laws governing obscenity by calling them censorship and a violation of free speech break down cultural standards of morality by promoting pornography and obscenity in books, magazines, motion pictures, radio, and TV, present homosexuality, degeneracy, and promiscuity as normal, natural, and healthy. Mm. Infiltrate the churches and replace revealed religion with social religion. Discredit the Bible and emphasize the need for intellectual maturity, which does not need a religious crutch. I mean... All the things that are going on in our society today, and we think this is of recent origin, mm-hmm. but that was 60 years wow. ago. And uh, they've been planting the seeds on all of that time. And it's, it's going to require each of us, really, in our own sphere of influence, to first create that revival within our own lives mm-hmm. uh, so that we can then become effective in the lives of others. That's right. It's exactly what you did with the with the small groups that started. But uh, I want to ask you about the baptisms that occurred. Uh, I mean, what the heck? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> how did that happen? That's how we felt. <laughs> you know, like I said, we had one student that texted and said, I have to get baptized tonight. I have to get baptized tonight. We took that as, okay, like, what do you want to do here, God? And you know, we kind of laughed about it afterwards because we had passion band thinking they were going to close out the night and they're still up there playing, thinking they're closing the night. And Jenny gets back on stage and says, hey, anybody that wants to get baptized, follow us to the Red Barn. And so uh, the band's still playing and students are just flocking out of the arena headed to the barn. And they're, you know, they're running. Like I said, they ran a mile to get to this lake. And we had probably 2,500 to 3,000 students gathered around this pond and lights on and students one after another just going into this lake. I believe we had six pastors 
in the water, just one after the other. Tell me your name. This is her story. Wow. And then they baptize wow. and everybody's 2000 students are cheering them on as they're getting baptized. And then, you know, and then they just keep coming and they keep coming. They're coming out and they're crying and they're grabbing their friends. And we had four or five um, fraternity brothers all go into the water together. We also had one. Mm-hmm. Our football coach came to the to the event, but he didn't come over to the baptism. Um, he had a meeting he had to go into. But one of his players texted him and said, Coach Freeze, will you baptize me? And I mean, he left that meeting so fast, got to that lake and went right in that water with his clothes on. He didn't care. <laughs> you don't say no to something like that. He baptized his player. And wow, what a moment. You know, we'll never forget. We had so many testimonies coming out of that water of just addictions that have been broken. And it was it was a special time. We'll never forget it. I believe it's just the beginning, too, of greater things that are coming. Absolutely. Well, I mean, how did uh, how did the school react? How did Auburn University react? Listen, it was the talk of the town and every town around our town for the longest time. Um, it hit national news and it just became something that I feel like our school, our university was very proud of and very supportive of and thankful for, you know, it, we're very blessed at Auburn university to have the support and the love and the family Mm -hmm. environment that we have and revival already taken place on our campus before that night. You know, we had prayer groups breaking out all over. Matter of fact, we found out that we had a group of students we didn't even know about. We're meeting every week at the Red Barn where the baptisms took place, praying for God to do something special there. Um, and so that we thought that was really cool. But, you know, revival wow. at Auburn is not surprising. You can feel the the spirit of God on that campus and students who are very hungry and leadership and coaches who are very supportive. Amen. That is wonderful. Well, we're going to have to take a quick break. We'll be back in just one minute with Tanya Pruitt. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Bite, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome back. We're here 
on uh, Common Sense this week with Tanya Pruitt discussing the revival that occurred at Auburn University and um, faith in America. And there must have been some some blowback. Were there any was there any legal blowback or anything that people tried to put a negative spin on all of this? You know, we we had one group that came against, you know, what we did in our efforts. And I think mainly because we had the support of coaches and staff and they felt like students were coerced into coming to this, which they weren't, you know, it was an invitation and, you know, they came against mm-hmm. us. I, I called Jenny Allen. I was like, should I be concerned about this? I didn't feel concerned at all. I, I expected it. And mm-hmm. our governor and our senators rallied behind us. Our school rallied behind us and supported mm-hmm. us. And, and first Liberty, you know, out of Dallas rallied behind us, came in and, it just really walked us through this, and and it it was never really a, a big issue, you know. They just wanted to kind of intimidate us, I think. And we, I don't feel like anybody was really moved or taken back by it. Our our governor took a huge statement. Did you did you hear from the Did you hear from the freedom from religion people? Um, yeah, the school got a letter from them. I didn't hear from them personally. Okay. Well, you know, it shows that you need to just keep charging forward sure. and, uh, you know, not being deterred by the negativity that occurs because there are those who, who really don't want to see revival in this country. And when you look at Marxism and communism, they completely want to destroy God and religion because they want complete control. Right. They want to take control of people's lives from cradle to grave. And the whole concept of a God that people depends on is antithetical to their ideology. So, and, and you've seen the success that they've had in the secularization of our society, trying to push God out. You know, the Christmas season is coming up on us. Uh, let's not talk about Christ Let's not talk about the real reason for the season. Let's just talk about Santa Claus and reindeers. And, um, you know, this is becoming very common. And it's really going to be up to to the people who love God, love the founding tenets of our country, to be willing to stand up because that's the key. If we don't stand up and say something, then by default, we turn things over to those who are not God-fearing, and we got a real problem there. But, you know, you started this whole thing out dealing with these young ladies who were having a lot of problems with depression and anxiety. And obviously, that is not something that's unique to the campus on Auburn. There are obviously a lot of people who are listening to you right now who are anxious and depressed. You have a word for them? I think if I could say anything to them, it would be, it's okay to not be okay. It's just not okay to stay there. And another message that I would say is, Mm. on the other side of your pain is a great purpose if you just won't stay stuck. And finding someone to Mm. help you, whether, you know, Obviously, God, 
and through his word, but a mentor, a counselor, a friend, a spiritual mom or dad that can be that person to be there for you. I'll tell you, I had God, I was having prayer time not too long ago and God laid someone on my heart. I was just feeling deep burden, a deep burden. And I knew I had to reach out to him. So I texted and I said, hey, can you meet with me? And they said, what time? And I said, five o'clock. So they came and met with me. And the first thing they said when they got there was, why did you text me today? And I said, well, I just, and they said, no, why did you text me today? They said, I sent all of my insurance cards. I sent all of my credit cards, all of my information, everything about me to my friend. And I told them, I can't do this anymore. And then I got your text. Mm. And he, and he, they sat there and wept uncontrollably of how nobody cares about me. I don't matter. Everybody walks out on me. Life is too hard. I can't take it. You know, and my, all I could say over and over is there is hope. There is hope. And on the other side of your pain is a great purpose. Just keep going and find the right mentor. And I will tell you, I've connected this person with a mentor and I'm so happy to say they are walking in so much freedom as a result of just having that person to talk through things with. And, you know, this person was telling me I'm doing things I'm not proud of. I'm doing things I shouldn't do. So nobody wants to be my friend. I said, that's not true. I love you. Even though you're still in the middle of the things that you're doing, you know, you shouldn't be doing. I still love you. God still loves you. You know, you, you need to find a way to work through those things. But, you know, my encouragement to my girls in this generation is God has a great plan for your life, but the enemy would like to keep you bound by anxiety and depression. You've got to find a way to walk out of that. This little girl that um, kind of sparked and ignited the whole event told me that she was in her closet and she was pulling her hair out and she was crying and she was begging God not to let her live. And a friend walked into her closet one day and said, get up, get up. And she took her by the hands and she said, I will not allow you to stay stuck here. And she took her to a passion conference with Louis Giglio and a message that was presented by Jenny Allen that day changed this girl's life. And she is in the mission field today working for Jesus. Well, you know, that's what, what the forces of evil and Satan are all about, is discouraging people. Yes. And God is just the opposite. God is, is love. And when people can realize that, you know, Satan mischaracterizes God. And he says that he's a horrible person who's always looking to see what you did wrong to make sure you get punished for it. And, uh, you know, people can get into a state of real depression and self-worth issues. But, uh, you know, when you truly have a sense of who God is, and you have to seek Him. Right. He doesn't force Himself upon you. That's right. But when you really understand that, you realize that He would do everything and anything to save you. That's right. And I, I hear some of the people on the other side saying, but if God was so wonderful... Why wouldn't he just take everybody to heaven? Mm -hmm. Well, think about it. If you're a person who wouldn't be happy in heaven, 
that would be eternal torture for you, wouldn't mm -hmm. it? If you don't uh, like the kinds of principles of goodness and purity and love that are purported by God, why would you want to be there forever? That would be eternal torture for you. Yeah. So, you know, it's out of love that God does everything. Mm -hmm. And if we just recognize that, uh, he can do amazing things in our lives. He wants to do amazing things in our lives, yep. and he will. And I hope all of these young people are starting to recognize that because I think that's going to be the key to whether we make it or not. Mm -hmm. You know, when Benjamin Franklin came out of that uh, Constitution Hall in 1787, and he was asked, sir, what do we have here? a monarchy or a republic. He said, a republic, if you can keep it. If we can keep it, a large part of keeping it is recognizing our Judeo-Christian heritage. Okay. And it is the blessings of God that allowed this country to go from a bunch of ragtag militiamen to the pinnacle of the world in record time. That was no coincidence. It was because of the things that we believed in doesn't mean that we were perfect. We were not because we're inhabited by human beings. Yeah. And, uh, and human beings are inherently not perfect, which is why they need a Savior. But when people begin to understand those things, think about what happens in their lives. And uh, with that, I want to ask you in closing, why do we need a revival in America? I think it goes back to the very... Thing we've been talking about the whole time. There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of evil. And I do believe revival and God's people being revived can help in all of those areas, can do away with it. You know, I, what I saw was in the vision of what's coming, what I saw was the church and God's people and even college students that don't know it yet are about to rise up together, unify. God's about to unify the church and these people are going to rise up. Evil at the same time is going to continue to rise. It's going to kind of go against each other. But God's people will flourish. And we need revival to get this country back on track. We need revival to get our school systems back on track. We need revival to get the families, the homes back on track. We, 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 we've lost all of that. And it's because we've taken God out of it. And God wants to be invited back in. And that's what revival is going to do. And I do believe what's going to happen on college campuses across this nation and in the lives of students will filter over into their families and, and we're going to see something so special. It'll begin in college students filter into the homes and dads are going to come back <laughs> and moms are going to come back and they're going to reunite. And we're going to see, you talked about the four revivals that have happened in the past. What we're going to experience between now and 2025 is going to be unlike anything we've ever experienced in the history of this nation is what I believe. And college students will play a key role in it. And I hope that you, Dr. Carson, and I hope 
that the leaders of this nation will rally behind what's happening in college students and become a part of it and help us spread this across this nation and then watch what's going to happen as a result, not just nationally, but globally. Amen. I've been to a number of college campuses uh, in recent months and uh, seen that very spirit that you're talking about. And, you know, the good thing is uh, I read the last chapter of the Bible. I know how this all comes out, so I'm not too worried. Yeah. Uh, but it does mean that there's going to be some turmoil. We have to recognize everything is not uh, always peace and sweetness. Right. Uh, and we have to do our part because it makes a big difference in the lives of others. Right. And I want to thank you for what you're doing uh, for the students. You've demonstrated that a person who cares can make a profound difference. Mm -hmm. And if we all start thinking about what we can do in our spheres of influence, we can accelerate the revival of our nation. Amen and get back to being one nation under God, yes. indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us. May God continue to bless your efforts. Thank you, Dr. Carson. And we'll be back in uh, one minute with my closing remarks. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Thank you to Tanya Pruitt for being with us uh, for that fascinating discussion of the revival at Auburn University. You know, we're in some turbulent times in our country right now. I think the vast majority of people know that we're moving in the wrong direction. And as we're throwing away our base, which is our belief in God, what's happening to us? When we say things like the Ten Commandments are bad, are we saying that we shouldn't be adhering to basic principles of humanity, like not killing people and not stealing and not committing adultery and, uh, you know, not being envious? And just think about these things. 
that are happening in our country. Are, are we going in a better direction by abandoning our faith and our love for each other? You know, the Bible says, love your neighbor, not cancel your neighbor if they don't agree with you. We need to get back to the fundamentals. I think it'll make a difference. And, you know, think about some of our, our leaders. Uh, John Adams, who said, our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. And uh, George Washington said in his farewell address, of all the dispositions and habits that lead to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable supports. Our leaders have understood that in the past and have acted accordingly. And that's why we accelerate it to the pinnacle of the world faster than anyone else had ever done. Something that we need to think about, because if the United States goes down, what happens to the rest of the world? I was in Europe this summer talking to some of the Europeans, and they expressed that sentiment to me. They said they were very worried about what's happening in the United States because ultimately that impacts what happens in their countries as well. So think about what you can do in your sphere of influence. Start the revival in your life today. And thank you for being with us for the program. Remember to subscribe for free, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Rate us, review us, tell others about us, spread the word. We gotta make common sense common again. And remember the cornerstone principles of faith, liberty, community, and life. See you next week.